It's the best bits of the all-day breakfast. Reheat it on SID 90.7. It's the all-day breakfast traffic report on SID 90.7. Yes. You know this what what this throbbing baseline means, Josh? What does it mean? It means we need to check the pulse of Melbourne's traffic. Hey, um, there's been a congestion on a footpath in Melbourne CBD last night as a large group of socially inept Pokemon Go users assembled to try and catch a rare Pokemon. As it turned out, they all caught a basic Magikarp, which left the burgeoning Pokemasters extremely frustrated. No. Passing pedestrians were overheard thinking, why are people still playing Pokemon Go in 2017? <laughs> An Instagram user in Craigieburn has le- has had a disastrous start to their day after receiving under 12 likes for their last selfie. After taking 17 draft photos, the lighting wasn't correct, which led to a decline in likes. The Instagram user was said to have gone to work unscathed, but did suffer minor cuts and bruises to their ego. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's been a three-way collision at a Westgast aged care facility after an illegal mobility scooter race was conducted around the premises. It was reported that they were racing around a course likened to Bathurst, and on the third lap, Penny attempted to overtake Beryl on the inside at turn three, but clipped her rear wheels, ended up taking out everyone in the race. There were no injuries, but staff at the centre prevented any future illegal racing by removing the tyres from the scooters. <laughs> Other than that, there's the humours looking good this afternoon, with minor delays on Mickleham Road and the Princess Highway near Oakley. Quite troublesome. So, uh... Take the back roads if you can. That's all in traffic. So whether or not you should go outside report with Josh Parrish. Thanks, Eli in the sky. Uh, hopefully we can get those hoons off our roads, eh? But uh, Old hoons. Yeah, the elderly hoons. But in Melbourne today, one local community radio broadcaster is attempting to do a weather report, <laughs> having spent the best part of last week inside various Melbourne hospitals. However, the presenter's ignorance of the outside world hasn't stopped him from using the cold as an elaborate excuse to get out of panelling duties, telling his co-host, I can't hit the right levels when my fingers are numb now, can I? (laughs) Speculation abounds as to whether he can sustain this absurd pretext for the whole show. (laughs) On the interior of these climate-controlled medical monoliths, temperature spikes or troughs are recorded as symptoms rather than weather events. In the busy emergency ward of St Vinnie's, cloud cover was light over the weekend with not a fluffy white pillow to be found. One nurse lamented the shortage of the starchy starchy excuses for headrests, saying they were as rare as hen's teeth. (laughs) Donations are welcomed to help ameliorate the current drought. In contrast to the howling gales outside, only a light breeze of artificial cherry-scented cleaning fluid wafted down the corridors. (laughs) Humidity was down too, with one gulp of the recycled air enough to completely dry out one's mouth and nasal passage. (laughs) It wasn't so much of whether the presenter should get out of bed as whether he could, with the urge to curl into a ball to relieve his stomach cramps competing with the urge to relieve himself. On the occasions when he managed to arise, his journey was often short-lived, as he forgot to unplug his portable IV infusion pump from the wall socket. (laughs) The resulting jolt jerked him backwards like an over-enthusiastic Jack Russell on a short lead. 
Over to the cushy Epworth Private in Richmond now, and one patient has lamented the crap food and has generally been in a rotten mood. Despite having an extensive menu to choose from, a soft, comfy bed, and a ceiling-mounted touchscreen boasting comprehensive entertainment options. This can be attributed to the effects of stir-craziness, known to affect 8 out of 10 individuals who are cooped up long enough, lacking the motivation or capacity to move. So, despite the bitter August chill, if you can muster the energy to go outside for the sake of your physical and mental health, you probably should seize the opportunity. And that's all for this week's edition of the Weather You Should Get Out of Bed Report. <laughs> Josh Barry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, um, that's, that's quite extensive. That, is this a, so you went Limerick last week and yeah. a small novel this week. Yeah, this is this was autobiographical in the third person, mostly. Okay, well, that's 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 fantastic. I'm glad that we've... Um yeah, we've uncovered something. <laughs> hey, you know what else we're, what we're going to uncover? Coming up yeah. next. Not not just this, the very next song. After that, do you know what's coming up? What are we going to discover? Well, probably the biggest thing I've ever done. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, we've... I've ever done. I don't know about you. What about you? Um... I don't know, um, managing to unplug my IV pump from the wall socket. Remember, <laughs> remember that? That was pretty big. It's up there? Yeah, just, just you know, having the presence of mind to not, you know, make myself look like an idiot. That was that was, that was was pretty big for me. Well, because we're, we're going to go bigger than that because we're going to yeah. be talking to Medigliana oh, from I can't wait. Feral TV. Yes. Stay tuned on the all-day breakfast, Sin 90.7. Uh, right now, you're never going to believe what's coming up. I'm on the drug. I'm on Tism. Yeah. Sin 90.7. I'm on the drug. Welcome back to the All Day Breakfast here with Josh, Eli. Brent is not even here. Let's not even let's, let's not even go there. But, it, but you know what it's time for, Josh? What is it time for? The, the most exclusive interview in the entire galaxy. Yeah? Yes. I mean, 60 Minutes, they couldn't book this interview. No. Channel 7, they, they did... You know, Princess died on Sunday, but they didn't do this interview. Yeah? Do you know what it's time for? Tell me. Hit me with it. It is time to welcome to the all-day breakfast, I cannot believe I'm saying this, Medigliano. <laughs> From Feral TV. <laughs> Medigliano, how are you going? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. That's Eli, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Medigliano. Oh, Eli, it's so good to hear you, and I believe that might be Josh giggling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks so much for joining us. You're gracing you're us with your presence. What happened to this Brent fellow? <laughs> oh, well, look, long story. We're, we're going to find that out later on the show. But, um, oh, okay, so I shouldn't tell anybody what's happening then. No, but... Um, <sighs> if oh, you... right, we'll carry on then. <laughs> <laughs> the first question we want to know is, like, you, you, we haven't seen you in ages. What oh, have you no, been no. up to? Well, you know, I've been in a bit of retirement since the old fell days. You know, it was 24 years ago, and if you put that in the cat's years, that's about 112 years ago. <laughs> so, you know. So I just sort of sit back and relax, soaking up the sun like any good cat. Wow. Did you manage, to, with your retirement fund, did you manage to buy a two-bedroom unit, like in Sydney? A retirement fund? Are you joking? I work for the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as retirement with the ABC. I do get a royalty check every now and again for two dollars fifty. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's that's great. So, in one episode, you uh, sorry. Let's 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 take it back all the uh, all the way back yeah, two decades now. So you started out in a garden shed with some ordinary human flatmates that. Oh that had it yes, in Joseph Wayne King. 
Did you know that was his real name? <laughs> no, we do now, and we'll track him yeah. down on Facebook and follow him on Instagram. <laughs> well, actually, Joe, is, um, his real name is McGill. Oh. If you track, if you, uh, track him down, he's travelling around the world continually, that man. Tell you what... He's about the only one who actually made any success out of his life. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, he certainly knew how to promote himself, I suppose. Oh, so. he did, and he still does, you know. You can track him down on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, in one episode, um, it, like, you wagered your place in the house um, because the, the TV was banned for four days, and you had to reenact your favourite show of the time, Pay the Price. Is that when you knew you and the gang were going to run your own TV channel? Sorry, you're taking me back how long ago here, Eli? You're trying to make me remember something that happened so long ago. Yes. And an episode, do you actually have a life? <laughs> I mean, do you just watch film TV on reruns or something? My friends my friends often get up me for knowing way too much about Obscure. I think you know way more than I do, actually. Pay <laughs> the price. Now, uh, I, I don't actually remember that episode, but... um. So what are you saying? Is that when we got our idea for running our own TV channel? Yes, that was the very first moment you, the Ferrells, began your TV career, I believe. Oh, right, OK. Was that, uh, I suppose that was one of Rat's little plans, was it? <laughs> yes, it was. He was anchoring. Yeah. I think he was the... Um, yeah, another one of his... Yes, I know those plans. You know, they ended up down the toilet, most of them. <laughs> so, well, um, you, I think that's how we ended up in the Feral TV, wasn't it? We went down a toilet and we ended up underground. Oh, you, you went in it, yes. You ended up in the toilet so many times. Yeah, yeah. so Radice's harebrained schemes uh, tended to, to go wrong a lot of the time. Um, the, the intro described him as the leader of the bunch, but uh, you always seem to resent that somewhat. Well, we, we really do know who the leader was, don't we? Yes. <laughs> it was me. You know, you have to have a full guy and you've got to have someone you can push for to get beaten up, and that was Rattus. I mean, if you do go back to the very, very first episode of The Felt, you will see me hitting a baseball bat across Rattus's noggin and sending him out the window. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's six and out in the backyard cricket terms. What yeah. was it like to hit him for six? It was actually quite wonderful. And I'll just give you a little bit of trivia. Did you know that that piece of violence actually sent the ABC switchboard into meltdown? There were so many people complaining about violence on television after that. <laughs> yeah. It was just Rattus, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Someone thought it was real. You know, they thought I really hit him with a baseball bat. Well, yeah. Actually, I did. That's the thing, because Feral TV is just deeply enrooted in, you know, it's so old... And, like, the, you, when you're watching it, you're like, this is a hang different on, time. Just careful when you say it's so old. <laughs> Sorry. But it is as old as me. It is 24 years ago. But the thing is, uh, did you realise at the time you were telling the future of Channel 31 with Feral TV? No, we had no idea that it was going to become that big. I mean, all these channels that they have, you know, back in those days, there were four. Yeah, that yeah. was it, four television channels. <laughs> With uh, Channel 31 losing its, its broadcast licence, they may have to resort to something uh, more unofficial, like a oversized alligator clip to get back on the air. Yes, get it back on air. <laughs> so do you think the, um, the competitive uh, rivalry between you and Rattus uh, spurred the ferals to, to greater and greater heights, a la Lennon and McCartney? Or? Well, when you look at uh, you know, what happened after the feral finished, to think about the heights that we all went to, I can only think of the girls actually making it. <laughs> you know, there was Mixie and, uh, and myself. Mm -hmm. You know, we actually got our own shows after that. What happened to Radis? <laughs> Down the sewers. <laughs> Never to be seen again. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Um, we do want to talk about that because you, you, the Ferals, had an incredible run because you went on to host Creature Features with the ever dreamy Adam Saunders. What was it like uh, yeah, working Adam with him? Saunders from what was that show he was on? Blue Water High. All the girls loved him. Something about surfing. Yes, <laughs> Blue Water High. I lived through that show. Don't worry. Uh, Blue Water High. Yes. You know, before there was Adam, there was Nick Hardcastle. Nick was a very lovely-looking lad, too. But what there I- should have been more stories about cats on Creature Features, and I think that's what its main problem was. <laughs> it didn't do enough stories about cats. <laughs> is, that, is that why it was cut eventually? <laughs> well, I think that why it was doomed to fail. You know, if we had a show about real animals, you know, the ones you love, cats, would have been great. <laughs> Every single cat lover listening to this right now is going to be like, "Yes, Moddy, yes." <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> I do have another question. Ferals, yeah. like the Ferals came out of time when we had so many puppets on our screens, like Mr. Squiggle, Agro, Dickie Knee, Ozzy from Hey Hey It's Saturday. I mean, the list goes on and on. But did you ever catch up with those characters on your weekends and help each other out with like the the rises and falls and the no. No? Certainly not. I work for the ABC. ABC is not commercialised. You should know that. No product placement or anything like that. (laughs) Actually, Mr. Squiggle, yes, we did see Mr. Squiggle occasionally. Yeah, did he? Actually used his nose to sign my contract, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Did he get around... What kind of of coffee did he drink? Did did you see him around the... uh the oh, office area. What was he up to? You know, he, but I suppose he just spent most of his time flying around in that rocket thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the blackboard ended up somewhere in Parliament. Someone used it as a whiteboard once. I can't remember what happened there. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, um, speaking of Parliament, um, yes. there's been a recent uh, parliamentary inquiry where the CEOs of commercial TV networks all made submissions to uh, abolish their mandatory Australian children's television production quotas. So as someone who's raised an entire generation, I mean, we're, you know, all metaphorically part of your litter. Um, Moddy, what, what do you have to say about this? That's a, that's a political question for a puppet. <laughs> well, I mean... You really uh, want me to answer that question? <laughs> I mean, a well, lot of the uh, figures in government, you could, you could say they're puppets as well, so I think it's yes, fair. Yes, well... What, do you know where... Yes, I probably won't go there where a puppeteer puts their hand. But, um... <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, children's television has changed so much over the years. It actually has been a bit disappointing to watch what's happened. And, you know, things have gone downhill. I mean, back in my days, David Hill, he sort of run the place. And then, you know, it, it was quite good. I mean, they, they helped a lot of people out. You know, like, do you remember Keith? Mm. Keith the Kawhi? Yeah, Keith Clark. I mean, I you don't often get a 30-year-old drug addict coming and working at the ABC. <laughs> Sorry, these days you don't actually get a 30-year-old drug addict coming and working at the ABC. Back in my day, he was. And you know what? I've kept Keith around. He's actually been my help. I'm, I might see if I can get him. Hang on. I'm, oh, I just yeah, hang on. Keith! Keith! Hey, Keith! Hey, Keith. Yes, Marty, what do you want? What do you want? Well, I... I'm actually talking on the radio to a couple of young lads, and they're talking about the Phils. Oh, yeah, I remember the Phils. It was, it was a wonderful time. I had lots of gummies in those days, didn't I? Oh, yes, you had one too many gummies, Keith. Now, go on, back up again, tree. See you later. <laughs> Is, so, so Keith lives with you. He lives in, your, oh, in the back of your house. Yeah, and you know what? He's a bit like a manservant. He looks after, well, like... You know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the old Keith. He, kept, he did keep me out of a few uh, sticky moments back in the old days of the ferals. And uh, 
you know, he doesn't smell too bad these days. I just sort of keep him hanging around in the tree. It's <laughs> the only place to keep them. Hey, yeah. um, Moddy, uh, is there a song you'd like to request for us to play on well, the show? Yes, you know, I, I do love Cat Stevens, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Um, there was also, I do, I do like The Cure, uh, The Love Cats. Have you heard of that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's Cats cool by the Squeeze, of course. And, um, you know, Disney did one, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, how about we go for uh, The Love Cats with The Cure? Love Cats with The Cure. We can. This is Radio Magic. And we're going to play this right now. Come back and ask Moddy the big question. You're on the all-day breakfast with Moddy, Josh and Eli on Sin 90.7. Welcome back. You're on the all-day breakfast. I'm Josh. I'm here with Eli, and excitingly, we're here with Moddy from the Ferals. You know her from Feral TV, and she's yes, so kindly uh, decided to join us on the show. Hey, Moddy. Um, we had yep. Tam uh, Tamara Dine on the on the show two weeks ago, who worked on Totally Wild. Um, oh yes. Was there ever a, a turf war between your Creature Features show and them? Well, we did actually end up at a few uh, locations that totally wild were at, and we were at the same location, some zoos, which won't be mentioned, but uh, there was a bit of a... Uh, yeah, we were trying to be... A bit of competition to see which was the better show and who had the better host, and, you know, really, when it comes down to it, I'm a real animal. <laughs> They're just a bunch of women <laughs> and uh, pretty-looking boys running around the place. So, yes, you know... Totally Wild is still going. I think they're still trying to get it right. We did about six series and we got it perfectly right. So we said, that's it. We're going to finish. All right. So quality over quantity. Oh, yes, definitely. Any day. <laughs> so, Monty, just before we ask you the big question, do, mm-hmm. you, uh, do you look at the youth of today that have watched you with their anti-establishment views and general mistrust of the man and think you've done your job properly? Well, I think we have taught the youth of today a lot. You know, if you can't agree with someone, hit them over the head with a baseball bat. Um, you know, if things get really bad, go and stick your head in a dunny like Radis did. And, um, you know, when all else fails, just go and sniff someone's bum like Darren did. I think that really sums it up. And, you know, there are a lot of kids, well, not kids, they're young adults these days, walking around doing the same sort of thing. So I think maybe we did teach your generation a lot. <laughs> Definitely where to not put our noses. <laughs> um, Moddy, we have to ask you the, the big question, and mm-hmm. we've got to play a little stinger here. It's my favourite stinger of the whole show, and then we can come back and ask you the big question. Are you ready? Yep. Medigliana, host, yes. of, host of the Feral TV and Creature Features, is there going to be a Feral TV reunion? Well, no. Okay. Sorry to up be a downer, but, you know, we'd love to have a reunion, and uh, occasionally we do catch up. I do catch up with Mixie's uh, bum lump. Mm-hmm. That, that's who the, we call... You know, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, puppet, puppets actually have someone underneath them. Oh. And we like to refer to them as our bum lump. <laughs> so occasionally I might catch up with Mixie's bum lump, and, um, and Darren, yes, well, his bum lump is... Um, he's, he's, I don't know, what do we say about Darren? He's still sniffing garbage out at Surrey Hills. <laughs> and Radis, well, I actually haven't seen Radis for a long time. I believe he went down to the Adelaide Hills. and uh, Was never found? Well, he's, he's sort of, 
I think he's found um, something in the back of a bread shop. I think he's out there working somewhere. <laughs> Excellent. So, so obviously you've all gone. You've you've done your thing. You've raised a generation and you've entertained yep. us. Um, that's that's all. That's all you can do. And you, you're stoked with that, yeah? Oh, very much stoked. Yeah. Look, it's been a marvelous ride, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. And it's quite a lot of fun hearing people like yourselves going, "Hey, we used to love that TV show," and uh, I really do enjoy it. Oh, that is that's that's why we've had you on because it, it's it's you've been such a Big part. It's an integral part of, of both our childhoods. The fabric of Australian childhoods. Um, yeah, everywhere. So thank you so much for joining us, Medigliana from the Ferals. Um, we're gonna we're gonna can we get a VHS of you at all? Like, can we find you on VHS still? Or just well, if you were lucky enough and you actually bought one of the VHSs back in uh, 1995, you'd have a copy. <laughs> all right. Um, otherwise, there's been some incredibly. Uh, well, I was going to say pathetic, but probably not the word. Um, dedicated might be the better word to say. Some dedicated fans and ferals who actually put every single episode of the ferals and feral TV on YouTube. Well, that, that means that you are obviously an icon, so... And will live on. Yes, forever and ever and ever. Yeah, that's a bit scary, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to have to wrap this up, but Medigliana... From Feral TV, my God, I am so stoked to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on the all-day breakfast. Oh, you're welcome. And just remember, television, yeah. get a life. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting the kettle on with the all-day breakfast on Sin 90.7. Can't get enough of it. I'd never want that song to end. That is Bombay Royale with I Love You, Love You. Now it is time. For Australia's, well, just to address the elephant in the room, Medigliana, Feral TV, amazing. We talked to her for so much longer. You're going to catch the rest of that on the podcast. But right now, it is time for Australia's most informative radio segment. Let me just bring up the stinger. I'm going to play it. Everything you never knew with the all-day breakfast resident expert. Yes, that's right. We've It's time to bring on to the show our uh, doctor, Dr. Josh, it's, uh, I think his, his, re- his part-time job is the water boy for Collingwood, but in the rest of his days are spent in the hallways of libraries, researching everything we need to know. Please welcome to the show, All Day Breakfast, resident expert, Dr. Josh Smith. Mate, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to it. Wicked. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Dr. Josh, for, for the first-time listeners, I know we've had this, this segment a couple of times now, but uh, for first-timers tuning in who don't know your, your academic credentials, uh, what, what are they again? Yes, well, um, I'll try not to rattle off the countless um, bachelor's and master's degrees that everyone can um, obtain. I've actually recently rattled off um, a new one, a Bachelor of Baked Goods, so um, throughout that time I've actually been able to perfect the art of the chocolate brownie. Um, and it's, it turns out it's a bit like Eli's personality. The best, the best chocolate brownie is very hard on the outside, but soft and gooey in the middle. So um, that's that's what I'm pretty happy with. <laughs> Look, I'm blushing, um, and that's why you're here today to talk about the theoretical discoveries of naval fluff. Now, Dr. Josh, your good friends Liner and Goldberg from the Vienna University of Technology conducted a three-year investigative study uncovering the origins of naval fluff. For those of us who haven't read it, what did they find? Yes, well, as you said, Liner and Goldberg, great friends of mine, and uh, I don't really like talking about other people because I am the man of knowledge, but I have to give them some kudos on this one. They're uh, a very informative study. So um, they've found out that... um, 
they've found out that uh, the more abdominal hair you have on, I guess, your chest, ab region, the more fluff you can actually collect inside of your navel and in the body. So um, their first study start, started with a, a wild orangutan in Africa and uh, they, put a, they put a T-shirt on that orangutan at the time and, and ended up turning into one big giant fluff ball just with um, the mass... <laughs> the massive fluff just coming through um, the orangutan's navel. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a land-breaking discovery. <laughs> so if you are a collector, like, what, what else? Sorry, no, no. What, di- what else did they find? Yes, well, I, I'd, love to go, I'd love to go a little bit further. So they've, again, continued the study, and um, they've found that quality T-shirts um, actually equate to collecting more navel fluff. So... Um, in their research, they've um, they've linked us to stores such as Roger David and Country Road. Um, they've been found to uh, not only collect uh, users' navel fluff, but magnetic forces within uh, the Country Road and Roger David shirts are actually able to strip navel fluff off other people, particularly particularly people who are wearing t-shirts purchased from Big W and Target. Um, but um, the last thing on top of that is, uh, depending on the belly button shape, uh, they've also found with outward-facing belly buttons, that can't happen. So oh. <laughs> um, if, you've got, if you've got an Audi, as society would say, you actually, um, navel fluff doesn't really exist in your life. But, um, yeah, quality T-shirts, they equate to an amazing collection of navel fluff. So, uh, so what you're saying is you can't be out and proud. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so, if you're a collector of navel fluff, how much can you sell it for? Um, well, I guess uh, I guess it's a high demand at the moment. So, um, at the moment, it's probably going for as much as fifteen thousand. But um, <laughs> I guess it, I guess a couple of years ago, it was actually only five bucks. So, um, a friend of mine, Bob Hawk, he actually um, he had four um, kilograms of navel fluff and once sold it on eBay for charity. So. Um, <laughs> Just another another thing. Our, Bob Hawke, I guess, gave to our country. But um, at the moment, uh, in terms of, I guess, the average, it's probably selling for about twenty cents per microgram. But again, it depends on the belly button. Obviously, it has to be an innie, like I said before, and just the caliber of person also can bump the price. Up. Okay, so it's a little like oil prices, but belly button fluff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, so. In your professional uh, your professional opinion, as a researcher, who currently has the world's most valuable navel hair? Yeah, I've actually done some I've done some real digging into this. So mm-hmm. um, maybe not maybe not at the moment, um, but one that um, really hit I guess the stock market with navel fluff was um, King Kong. Obviously, um, just purely on his size and volume, there was just so much to collect there. Um, so he's He's gone down as, I guess, the MVP or the goat of naval hair, King Kong. Um, he was up there. Yeah. Um, Who else? Hugh Jackman, of course. Um, the lady's favourite back in 2009, particularly with that uh, Wolverine, a, a great film, but also um, a great time for naval hair, obviously. Um, that It speaks for itself. So um, he really um, made some inroads. Um, a, bit, a couple others. Um, the Sunrise Cash Cow. Has it in absolute spades? Um, Rumour has it on the farm where the cash cow comes from. They actually don't have hay bales, so they just roll up massive bundles of navel hair because it's just there. So um, actually saving money for the farmers out there. 
One that I will um, bring to your attention, boys, it's actually been a hot topic this week with um, The Bachelor coming back. Manny J obviously broke his heart last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's back on the show. Uh, female, The female audience were interested in his navel fluff, but I can confirm he does have an Audi. He doesn't have an innie belly button. He's got an Audi belly button, meaning he has no navel fluff. So, oh, wow. So that's um, confirmed. We can't get... Uh, post-bachelor naval fluff from Matty J, can we? That's right. Matty J is not a seller of naval fluff. Yeah. Um, so, disappointing, but yeah, King Kong the goat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so that. Thanks so much for that, Doctor Doctor Josh. Uh, it's been extremely informative. Um, I'm afraid we have to go to a song. Um, but uh, next up, we've got Prodigy without a space. But uh, Doctor Josh, you've uh, been enlightening as always. So thanks so much for coming on the show again. Thanks very much. Catch you later. Cheers. <laughs> You're on Sin ninety point seven all day breakfast. <laughs> Welcome back. You're having an all-day breakfast on Sin 90.7 with Josh and Eli. And uh, you just heard Prodigy without a space. And, and uh, it was a sad day on Monday because we lost a broadcasting legend and a massive hero of mine in Les Murray. Yes, we did. Uh, uh, Mr. Football, as he was affectionately known, was a lifelong advocate for the beautiful game from a time when it was practically taboo in mainstream Australian culture. Often derided as wog ball, football was seen as something played only by women, ethnic minorities and homosexuals, hence the memorable title of his friend Johnny Warren's book, which I probably cannot utter on air. The National League received little to no press coverage in those days except a scaremonger about flares or crowd bust-ups. But Les helped change all that. Starting out as a Hungarian subtitler, he quickly rose through the SBS ranks to become the handsome face and velvet voice of football in Australia, transmitting his passion for the world game, a term he coined, by the way, through the hosting of every World Cup and major tournament between 1986 and 2014. Be it a a. 4am wake-up or three lazy hours on a Sunday afternoon, Les would be there, welcoming, analysing, educating and pronouncing any incomprehensible combination of Eastern European consonants with an, un- with an unerring grace and dexterity. Les Murray's silver tongue is to Dennis Burkamp's first touch in their extraordinary elegance and technical mastery. However, Les's influence goes beyond the sporting realm. Arriving in Australia as a refugee from Hungary, aged 11, he was a tireless advocate for multiculturalism, himself a shining example of how migrants contributed to our society. When Tism accepted an award for their hit song, What Nationality Is Les Murray?, they sent Les to give a purportedly mildly offensive accepted speech in Hungarian to the bewildered audience, finally answering the song's titular question. But the truth is, his nationality is almost irrelevant. He was a citizen of the world who opened the eyes of an insular island nation and brought us so much joy in the process. I will miss him dearly. So, yeah, that's just a little little tribute I wrote there to, to the great man. But... Um, I don't want it to, you know, to be all just downbeat. So I've, no. uh, I've, I've come up with a, with a little segment that I like to call... Oh, sorry, I'm panelling this segment, so bear with me. Yeah, the buttons. <laughs> just <laughs> the one of them. All right, what is it called? Ba-ba-da-bow. Why didn't you play this on your clarinet, Josh? 
Josh, Les Murray's impeccable pronunciations. Oh. So um, I think uh, it's decided to play the song at sort of half speed. I don't know why. That's but okay. That happens. <laughs> that was uh, the music from uh, SBS World Soccer back in the day. Mm-hmm. So um, what I've done is I've uh, compiled, compiled together a few names from uh, from the world of uh, you know from from, from the world of, of football. Some some obscure. Some. Uh, some less so. And uh, I've written them down on some cards for you there, Eli. Yes, this is a radio board game uh, for those of you who haven't seen it before. And so what what have I got to do? I love playing games. Talk me through it. What I want you to do is get that card Mm -hmm. and I want you to channel your inner Les Murray. Mm. And uh, I want you to, uh, you know, just just get get ready and get all those, you know, roll those R's and... and, Extend those A's and 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 really just you know um, try and get into the the spirit of internationalism and and, uh, and try and pronounce these these obscure foreign names for me. So breaking I'll, breaking news. Uh, Les Murray is actually here with us in the studio um, <laughs> in in his in his spirit form. All right, all right so he's, it's he's a broadcasting challenge for Eli here. All right, bring it on. Uh, so uh, have that have a crack at that first one there. First card is that Josh has given me Michel Prezhom. No, no, can't do that again. Michel Prezhom. Here, here, here's Les. All right, we'll see. We'll see how you went. Belgian keeper Michel Prudhomme. Oh, look, that was kneel- I was kneeling there. Come on. Yeah, I, I can't give you that one. I'm sorry. All right, what's what's next? All right, yeah, yeah, grab that one next. Mm-hmm. Give it, a, give it a crack. All right, next card for Les Murray's pronunciation board game, radio board game on all day breakfast. Esfandia Bahamist. A stunned football world watched as American referee Esfandia Bahamast awarded yes! a penalty kick to Norway. I got it! I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one. Look, I thought his name was a stunned football world. <laughs> but anyways, uh, <laughs> yes. It's very impressive. One out of two. All right, so this is the, this is the next one. All right, all right we've got right. the next card. All right, go for it. Rechzil Kurvis. Kurvis. Oh, <laughs> let's let's try that again. How do you pronounce that? Because like that one there, it's spelled K V R V S. Okay, I cheated a bit there. That's actually from a, a Chaser skit. Um, oh. Yeah, but he still Les still gave it a good crack. Hang on, <laughs> is this is this even is this even real? No, that's not a that's not a real name. So um, no, I guess, that's that's void. Sorry. I, okay, I, I suppose you get that one by yes! default. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, right, the next uh, one. All right, last one, last one. Last one. Give it a crack. <coughs> Bora. Hang on. Bora Milit... Yeah, yeah, Bora Militinovic. Switzerland's supremo and his counterpart, likeable Bora Militinovic, yeah. both wanted wins <laughs> as insurance with tougher opponents to come. Fantastic. Wins across uh. the board. Eli, you've done really well. I um I really commend you for you. Uh, for your performance, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you've done the great Les Murray proud. I can tell you what that's due to me doing comprehension in grade one. You know how you used to read all those books and have to come in every week. Yeah, Queensland thing maybe, but uh, I did that every day, and that's that's what that's the skill that it gave me. Literacy. Literacy. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's good stuff. All right. Um. So, in tribute to the great man as well, we've got uh the next song we've got coming up. Yes. It's, big one. Uh, yeah. It's uh vaudeville smash with Zinedine Zidane featuring Les Murray himself. So uh, let's have a listen to that one. It really showcases his incredible diction. Maybe the next one. Oh. 
<laughs> press next. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> on the right. on the on the little wheelie thing. Yeah, you're gonna have, a, have to come do this, Eli. This is what happens when Josh panels for the first time live on air. Try this. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, we got it now. After a Here's another pro tip from Pip. Hi, this is Pip. Don't go to the supermarket when you're hungry. And that's another pro tip from Pip. Yes, it is. Welcome, Look. welcome back. Yeah, that was, that was some great advice there. Uh, from Pip, and uh, well, you're on the all-day breakfast. It's in 90.7, and you're with Josh and Eli, and not oi, oi. Brent. Not Brent. Uh, he's, he's hiding somewhere. Still hasn't texted us. Yeah, still not here. Maybe uh, I'm thinking maybe um, there's a reason for this. Matt, is he playing hide and go seek? Yeah, I think he's just I, <laughs> or hide and seek, as most people call it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think he's just playing the world's longest game of hide and seek. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's waiting for us to come find him. Well, how about how about we? How about we just uh, we ring him later and then yeah. find out where he is? Yeah, yeah, I I think that's a good idea. He's number three. Yeah, I, it's, it's not a great record. No. I mean, you had a much better record in that last segment than Brett has turning yeah. up for the show. Exactly. So. Um, but that that makes me wonder though, Josh. Uh, where was your favourite place to hide when you played hide and seek? Um, well, as you know, I I grew up in in Warrandyte, in North Warrandyte, which is like a did not of, know. Okay, well. As you know now, um, yes. kind of hippie, almost rural suburb. Um, is Warrandyte could... just like the Byron of? Yeah, it's the Byron of Melbourne, okay. just not without the climate. Mm. And um, it's yeah, you know, it, it, it's the kind of place you can't see your neighbours. And we, um, I grew up in this really kooky kind of mud brick house mm-hmm. with uh, which had some pretty weird features, including a bed that was chained to the ceiling. Hang on. Why? All right. So it's cool that you're in a house. That's that's fantastic. Warren dies the Byron of Melbourne. Why do you have a bed chained to the roof of your house? <laughs> well, we bought this old mud brick off um, this little old lady. I don't know why she had a bed up there, but mm. um, we're sort of just up in the corner, just like kind of chained, chains running diagonally from the from the from the top corner of the roof to the outer edge of the bed, and then the the edge of it, it was was attached to the wall. So it was like it wasn't a bed; it was like a bed fro- like frame or kind of a wooden casing where you could put a mattress. And it was about I don't know seven eight feet high. It was really it was really high because we had really high ceilings in that place, and there's a ladder up to it. So it's like a bunk bed without anything underneath it. Did she have a fear of spiders? I am so perplexed. <laughs> well, I don't know if that would have been a good idea if you have a fear of spiders because it's right up in the, you know, cobwebby corner. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, look, I don't know why, but my sister used to sleep up there before we uh, before we did the extension um, and she had got a new room. But, um, yeah, she used to sleep up there and we had to build her a wooden guard so she wouldn't, you know, roll out in the middle of the night. Um, but, yeah, that's where I like to hide because once we took the mattress out of there, it's just this empty space and you could just lie down flat and uh, no one could see you from the ground. <laughs> Josh, because I just asked you a simple question. Where did you like to hide when you used to play hide-and-go-seek because Brent's away? And you've given me so many more <laughs> questions. I've okay. raised more questions that yeah, I've answered. you have. So, like, you hid there, couldn't find you. You, you. you were good. You were good as gold. And yeah. your sister once slept there? Like, that was her That was her bed? That was, that her, was her getaway area? That was No, that was just literally where she slept every night. Okay. Um, you know what's el- you know what else is interesting about that place? Uh-huh. Um, is the roof above that room um, was a sod roof. You know what that is? Um, it's a soldered roof. <laughs> it's it's soldered it's it's soldered with soldered iron for the uh, tiles. Uh, could have been. There weren't any tiles though. Um, it yeah no, it had uh, soil on it. So um, there were plants growing on the roof. What were you growing? Um, I don't know tomatoes, various bushes, basil. 
Yeah, bit of basil here and there, bit of rosemary. Coriander. Um, I don't know if we had any coriander, but uh, yeah, it was it was a nice little little gut. It's actually quite tough to grow stuff on a sod roof because you have to keep it nutrient rich. So requires a lot of fertilizer. But, I'm uh, so fascinating. <laughs> so lemon tree. What about lemon trees? Because uh, you, you need basil and lemon to mm. make a great pesto. Did you do that? Yeah, I mean, we didn't. We, uh, we had the lemon tree in a different place because I think the the roof the, the soil is probably not deep enough, you mm. know, to uh, to sustain a tree. But uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool novelty. Okay, so out of asking you, where did you hide? I've just learned so much about you, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think we got anywhere near closer to finding Brent. So uh, no. <laughs> Let's go to this next song and we'll give him a call. Yeah, huh? wherever, he, wherever he is hiding, um, hopefully he comes out wherever he is. But yeah, we'll call Brent on and see where he is. I don't know why he's not here, but uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah. C90.7, you're on the all-day breakfast. Here's Alex Leahy, I think. Welcome back. You're on the all-day breakfast. That was Alex Leahy with Every Day is the Weekend. And you know what? Every day is the weekend on mm. the all-day breakfast. It is. That's what we like to do. Well, that's what Brent thinks it is because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday and he's definitely not here. So I'm t- it's time to get the bottom of this. Let me just do the calling thing. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's Look, get I'm fed on. up. Yeah. I'm honest. It's honestly. F- fair enough. I mean, he's, his attendance is, he has been, uh, you know, not, not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, look, it might be time. Let's, uh, let's give him a call. Wheel eyes mad, I can see it. I'm, I'm vehement, let's be honest. Oh, g'day, me sweet boys, how are we? Hi there, Eli Marsland here from All Day Breakfast. How are you going? Oh, uh, quite, quite good, sir. It's, uh, it's actually Brent here. I don't know if you knew you were calling him. Uh, just a handsome, handsome friend who's one of your co-hosts. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling you just uh, today just to address the glaring truancy issue. I was just wondering, are your parents at home to have a serious discussion at all? Uh, they're not parents, hey. That's, that could be anything, though, couldn't they? It's like, uh... Your parents are never necessarily the people that birth you or look after you all the time. Short answer, no. Look, I've been honest with you. Short answer, no. They're not home. Okay, well, the, the thing is, the thing about being a radio presenter on the All Day Breakfast show is that you turn up and be a radio presenter. I just want to play something you said a couple of weeks ago on the show, and this is why right. I'm real mad. Let's just have to take a listen to this. Okay, so I just need to get it just before we go, because we do have to go, but are you going to be here next week? <laughs> you know I love you. You know I love this. Look, give me, give me this week and next week. Okay. To, to get get him out of his infancy, I'll yep. come back August second. I'll be there for the August second show. Do you have any answers? It is August second. Where are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm back, back in your heart. You never heard me say a single word that I'd be back on the show. <laughs> I've still got a child to look after. He's actually, you may need to know this, Clyde's actually got into uni. He's, uh, funnily enough, going to study geology. Uh, I thought it was a little narcissistic of him, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, look, Brent's got a lot to worry about down there, Eli. You should give him a break, eh? I sh- look, I... you've, you, you've raised a pez, pet rock, but have you been raising the chances of you turning up to the show? One of those answers yeah, is is that is is that what is that how it is? No, I just feel like that's a that's a signature noise that I make now on every show. <laughs> Brent's scared of being quoted in future. He doesn't want anything to be he says to be held against him. All right, so no. 
Um, I think it's fair enough. Don't commit to anything, man. (laughs) Don't commit to anything. Don't give him anything to use against you. (laughs) Let me just say, as soon as I'm able, I will be on the show and I'm ready to spice things up. However, you've done a fantastic job today, fellas. All right. Flattery will uh, will get you a long way. Right, I've yeah. got to be honest. Okay, you, you, you've kind of got me over the hill now. I'm I'm, I'm back on you. But uh, Brent, so yeah, okay, you're not you just whenever, whenever you feel like it, that's when you're going to rock up. Well, geez, you make it sound like I'm such a lusty person just because I've slitted off and raised a rock for the last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you kind of are. You just I don't know. Just on the promos, your name's Brent, and you're on the you're on the things, and you're on all the socials. You're part of the hosts. You're all tagged in social media. Probably need to like up it really, to be honest. I think Boys, you're so- I'm just throwing this whole thing out there. I don't know if you've been watching the Justice League's uh, promo material. Have Superman's not. been surprisingly absent uh, the whole time. Batman's been there, the Flash has been there, all of them been there. Everyone's like, where's Superman? When's he coming into the scene? Let's just wait, all right? Maybe maybe all day breakfast has got a very similar trick on its sleeve. All right, well, I'm sure when you do make your entrance, it will be spectacular. Uh, As spectacular as Henry Cavill. So, uh, yeah, we've come to the end of the show. We've got to wrap it up. But uh, join us next week because we will have Miss World Tasmania on the show. Courtney Lasky herself. Yeah, Brent, you, you know, you, so you're going to miss that. So, look, um, your loss. And look, personally, a big fan of uh, hers, I am. Uh, I think she's a, quite a good lass. Cool. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, and so if you missed uh, part of the show today, you want to listen to it again, uh, our podcast will be up on our socials, facebook.com slash Sin or on Twitter, at SinBreakfast. You can find us. So uh, make sure you go and do that. And uh, have a great rest of your day. See you later, guys. Have a great one. Oh, hang on. I've just got to do the outro thing. Yeah, look, look, we can't. Let's uh, end on a triumphant note, shall we? (laughs) And that's all for this week. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Bebo. And be sure to catch us here on Sin 90.7 for the all-day breakfast. Until next time, stay true to yourself.